0: I Love Mortgage Brokering, episode 95. Want to rock your mortgage business? Then crank up the volume with your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hi, Broker Nation. I am thrilled to introduce our guest today, Joel Olson. He's a mortgage broker with Canadian Mortgage Expert. He's been a mortgage broker for six years and has an amazing story that I'm absolutely pumped to share with you. I am stoked for this interview today. Joel, are you ready to rock? I'm ready to rock. Awesome. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the mortgage business? I can. I went to
1: school to be a pastor and I thought that's what I was going to do and do for my career. And when I finished school when I was 19 or 20, I I assumed that eventually I'd start getting paid and I found I was working another job and I found that at some point I wasn't going to get paid to to work at the church. So I decided that uh, I was going to raise my own money and figure out a way to work for free at the church. And so I started off doing like real estate and seeing if I could buy enough houses to get enough rental income. And uh, that was a little bit longer than I thought it was going to take to do that. And then at some point after I bought a lot of real estate, it struck me that maybe I could be a mortgage broker. And so I got into the business and uh, went from there.
0: And so your initial, you were looking at buying real estate. So like how much real estate were you buying before you kind of decided, hey, maybe I'll just get into doing the money side of it.
1: When I originally decided, I was working at a sawmill and I originally, I remember looking at the guy next to me and I was was 24 and the guy, both guys next to me were in their 60s and I thought, well, this is as good as it gets, okay. So (laughs) Mm -hmm. I thought I would buy rental real estate and so I had a goal to buy a house every single month for forever, but I found that like, you know, and I did, I bought a lot of real estate, but after, but like the margin was so thin on it when you're buying single family homes that like it was a, it was management intensive, you know, I didn't really buy as, as well as I should have. And so, uh, and it, it was going to take me a long time until I'd be, you know, I'd have enough cash flow to get out of the job. Right. So
0: to quit the sawmill. So how, well, how expensive are these houses that you're buying?
1: Well, I got really lucky that I bought a house really early before, like when I was 19, um, I bought a house, and so I took a lot of equity out of that. So I bought most stuff for like two hundred and fifty, three hundred, and then like I just to I was renting out single family homes. And uh, but and they they still like I still have pretty much all of them, but and they do okay. But you know they're not they're not. It's despite all the TV ads you see about them, it's it's difficult to, to cash flow them and make a you know ten thousand dollars a month off them or something.
0: And so you said you were buying a, a house a month. Did you mean a house a year?
1: No, that no, that was my goal was to buy a
0: house a month. <laughs> man, you
1: like swing for the fences or what? <laughs> yeah, and so I I uh, I didn't quite reach that goal, but I did. Uh, the year that I did it, I I bought six houses.
0: So. Right. Oh, that's still really good, man. Six houses is not you're not you're not uh, slacking off.
1: No, I really at that point I was like, why did people give me all this money? Because I just remember thinking like all the millions of dollars of debt I had, <laughs> and I was like, i only twenty four, so. What year was this? 2008. Right. So before the big. Pretty much right before it. I mean, fortunately, I had kind of bought for cash flow and not, I wasn't worried about things going up. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of okay for me still. But
0: okay. So before we dive into your story, I always like to ask about a success quote that's had an impact in your life or business. I love how quotes are portable, they're memorable, and they can help you stay on track. So do you have a quote that's really had an impact on you?
1: Yeah. 90% of your potential is in other people.
0: Ooh, that's good. So, give me who said that?
1: Do You know, uh, it's a guy. Uh, it's a pastor in our group of churches. His name is Phil Pringle, and uh, he says that all the time. And I've never forgotten that.
0: So, how have you applied that in your broker business?
1: You know, the way that I look at it is that I've I've never considered myself naturally good as a mortgage broker, or even with lots of things that I do. But you know, I I believe that you know the the people I get around are the people that make me successful. And so, ninety percent of you know what I become is about the people that I rub shoulders with, and. Ask questions with and observe, and you know I just believe that talent is not enough. And I can uh, and the more pe- the better people I get around, the better I become.
0: Mm-hmm. That's so I lo- I've never heard that before. So that's uh, I'm going to put that on the banner in the Facebook group. Perfect, because that's a that's a great one, especially since the group tends to be like crowdsourcing lender questions and stuff oh yeah 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 (laughs) so okay now can you share something that you failed at and then the lesson you learned because failure is never final or fatal I know that I've had some failures but looking back there was there's always a lesson
1: yeah I mean I feel like we fail at something different every day you know I, I think I think for me like you know it's it's just uh I feel like in our business that we always you know we grow a little bit every year and it's always a matter of of you know some systems kind of breaking down and you know should we should we do this or should we do that? I think you know the biggest things that we really that we've done is that you know for the most part of maybe investing too much in 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 deals that weren't going anywhere or or sometimes just really not building the infrastructure for our, for our, for my business and saying you know like oh that's going to be we can just kind of wing it, <laughs> right? And right. It hasn't really worked out
0: as well as I thought it would. So you're, I'm sure your infrastructure and in your business has changed since you started, but I want to actually, well, when I'll come back to that, but what I want to ask about, cause we were chatting about this off air and I thought it was fascinating is tell me about your kind of first few years in the business and what was the turning point that sort of catapulted you from, you know, thinking, I don't know if I've got this to Hey, I got this.
1: Yeah. So I started off in the business and in the first year I did just over 1 million. In the second year I did just under 2 million. About that time I, I changed brokerages, which made a huge difference. The coaching that I was getting in in uh, in that brokerage was super helpful and catapulted my business. But I really, um, and like I was telling you off air, I was, I was talking to a bankruptcy trustee and he was telling me one of the problems they had is that you know, they would tell people, people say they're going bankrupt, they're going to do a proposal or something like that. And they would say, well, you have to come to Kelowna or come to Vancouver. And people were saying, well, you know, I'm broke. I can't. I can't drive somewhere to come and meet you. And so he was going around Fort Saint John, all these small areas, and picking up business. And he had like, he had like a scanner in the back of his car and all that kind of stuff. And he was making a lot of cash. And so, you know, at that point, I'd only been working in my small town in Revelstoke, and you know, there was only so many deals that were going to probably materialize. When he said that, I thought, well, why can't I go to a small area and just start? not just a small area but as many small areas as possible and pick up as much business as I can um, from those areas and so in April 2011 I decided I'd hit Golden the first deal I did there they didn't have a mortgage broker and they told me that like if I could put that deal together they would send me all their referrals from then on and you have to remember in small towns like you know they're fiercely loyal and you know mm-hmm. either you're the person or you're the per- or you're not and so it's kind of an all or nothing gig and so from that moment on they there's only five realtors there and they They've given me, uh, you know, usually 50 to 60% of all their business every year is what we kind of net. And so, yeah, like I was telling you off, off the air in the third year, I went up by 600% and I hit their salmon arm and, you know, around the shoe shop. And and we still do that to this day. I'm always looking to add, you know, one small market every year where we can kind of, you know, be the person that's the go-to person and do their quirky stuff, right? You know, do the things that, you know, that they can't get done because the property's too weird or the... Or the borrower situation is too odd. I mean, certainly in those areas, you know, we we pick up a lot of business in small areas where someone's went to a broker in in Vancouver, or Calgary, and you know, the broker hasn't done anything wrong, but they just don't understand the dynamics of of the of the market. Uh, I remember my best deal was this deal kept getting turned down, and the real said, "I don't know what's unique about the property. Like, there's it's totally straightforward, nothing nothing odd about it at all." And it had been turned down four times. And what it was is there was a train caboose in the front yard as a suite. And in there, he thought, well, there's no big deal. But, you know, that was getting it turned down over and over again, right? So,
0: A train caboose? Yeah, as a a suite in the front yard. Right. Did you get that approved? I did. Man, you're the... Okay, so this brings up a bunch of questions to me. So just so that people are understanding, you were chatting with a bankruptcy trustee. Then he said, hey, look, I know I found I go into these smaller markets and there's If you do a good job, you can get lots of business. And then the light bulb went on and then you started hitting the small market. So when you went to Golden, what did you do in terms of how did you get that initial first deal that they said, hey, you know, this was several years ago, but when they first said, okay, if you can do this, you'll be our guy. So what did you, how did you get that?
1: We had, luckily we had one inquiry come in online. So I was planning on going to Golden and at the same time, like I was going to, I booked a hotel for three days in Golden. I was going to just go for coffee with the realtors and win them over and see what I could do. And we had an on lead online lead, like lucky enough, an online lead came in for somebody in Golden that had been turned down three times right and so like the way that I position my business is if I can get make a realtor feel like if that deal doesn't come to me they 're going to lose income that's what that's that 's how I want to be positioned right because a lot mm-hmm. of people go to a bank or even another broker, and if they get turned down you know, the deal is done. But if I can make the realtor feel like if that doesn't deal come to me, he's going to lose income for the year. You know, that's, that's kind of a big win. And that's what I think what we we're able to do there. And they really felt that. I mean, they looked at their books and they said, well, there's all these deals that we were letting just kind of be turned down. the was the difference between us like making money or not making money, right? So and it also means that we get stuff before it goes to the banks because they're worried about somebody getting deflated by walking into a branch. And not trying, and the deal's done, right? So, they want to make sure everything comes to us before it comes into the office. And we get that a lot there where they won't, where they want it, they only even write offers. And I mean, we've had tons of deals where we're getting contracts, NOAs, and documents, and we even know the client. And this Mm -hmm. is coming into our email box, and they're saying, well, can you call this person? I don't want them, I I don't want to risk them going to the branch, right? So.
0: Right, because you're right. Because sometimes if they get a decline, it can white- take the wind out of their sails, and then you know, then they'll just walk from the whole deal. So yeah. But so you got this deal that came in. So then did you call the real estate agent and say, hey, my name is like, what did you do at that point?
1: Yeah. So when when it came in, I I always have called every realtor I work with, and he pretty much said like this this guy. He said he said like you know i I'm, I'm looking for a broker right now, and if you pull this one off, we'll give you all the business in the office. And so. Um, I sat down for coffee with him in the middle of the deal and I managed, I managed to pull it off. I mean, I guess maybe it was a little lucky. I mean, the particular deal, they'd been turned down by their bank and by another broker. Um, so <laughs> maybe it was lucky that, you know, I pulled off the deal mm-hmm. and then the set, they gave me a second one after that. And it had been, you know, luck again, that had been turned down by, uh, two brokers and a bank, uh, as a self-employed borrowers, they had some, they had a snowmobile business and, you know, it just wasn't looks, hadn't been looked super favorably on by lots of the people working with them. Um, and they were buying a house that was, you know, relatively obscure, <laughs> to be honest. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're getting turned down. So we got that one done. So within two weeks, there was two deals. And so for him, that was, you know, almost $10,000 in commissions that was pretty much he wasn't going to be seeing <laughs> until he met me. So uh, it, it, you know, it escalated pretty fast for us. hmm. You know, even over the course of seven, eight months, I mean, we just had, uh, for me, we had a lot of deals where they had already been somewhere, especially into the big, they'd been somewhere in the bigger cities, got turned down and, you know, then we pulled it off. So it just, it it escalated so quickly where they just, they just looked at it and thought, well, I just don't want to risk, you know, losing income, right? So, Mm -hmm.
0: which was what led to the 600% increase in your business year over year. We went to Salmon Arm and did the same thing with a group of realtors there
1: and and the other day like you know getting a deal approved to being different is about you know i've always run our philosophy that it should be that We never really truly say no to anybody. Like we always tell them what they can do. We never tell them we can't do anything. We always tell them what what we can do. And then we see what they'll step up to do. Right. So, you know, we always try to walk away from a decline with a lender to say, you know, what will you do? Will will you do 10%? Will you do will you do a cosign? If I pay off that one debt, will you do it? Will you do this? Will you do that? And so we always go to a client with what we can get done, even if it gets turned down. And that turns into a lot of deals for us because the problem is that most brokers just say, well, it's not gonna work out and they assume that a client can't get, like they, they assume, well, the client's not going to be able to get another 5%, the client can't pay off that debt. The client won't be willing to do a purchase plus improvements to make that, that house up to, up to the standard it needs to be, or they won't get a co-signer. But we, we're just assuming those things when you know we need to give clients the opportunity to come up to the plate and, and see what they can do with the deal. And the moment they're inside of a live offer, they will do a lot more than they will do in a pre-approval, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they, may, they may not have, They may feel like they only have 5% when they're getting pre-approved, but when they're in a live offer, you know, all of a sudden they're talking to their parents and their parents say, well, I'll give you the other 5%. So there's all those opportunities that exist when we say, look, this is, you're not getting turned down. So I always tell people like you're approved based on this,
0: right? Right. That's really good. And when I was talking to Mike Lloyd, who's the owner of CME, he was telling me that you're the guy who just never lets like a file die. Like you just will not quit on it. So uh, which sounds like how you built your reputation with your, referral partners as well. Yeah,
1: well, it's, it's important to them that they want to feel and a realtor wants to feel with me that if I send you the deal, I'm not expecting you to pull everyone off. But I want to feel like if it doesn't work, it's not going to work out. Right. right. So and that's, that's a big value proposition of what we work with. Because, um, you know, what happens is that is that they don't we don't we don't get shopped around, right? So it's we don't get shopped around, you know, we we get a shot at every deal, all that, all that kind of thing. And if they get you know, if they even get clients that they're a little worried about, they're they're pretty forceful on making sure they come our way, right? So,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So, what kind of communication do you keep? How do you stay in touch with? So, you've got these different little markets that you deal with. How do you, you know, obviously you have active files that keeps you top of mind. But when you don't have an active file, what are you doing to stay in touch with them?
1: Yeah, so we we run four different parts of four different CRMs. I did use GoMax on my old firm, which I which I liked quite a lot. Worked really well. Now we use Auto at CME, um, mm-hmm. so we use part of that. We use part of the DLCs stuff. We use uh, we use part of Buyer only Joe Stump stuff, and then we do a six month call for most things we for for all clients, um, and so that's where we kind of integrate our other products in sometimes, and then we do a postcard every month.
0: Uh, I do pop buys twice a year. You actually go, you visit all your clients every year? Uh, yeah, we try to. Or no, your realtors, you mean? You're not talking about the, yeah, so you're talking about the No, the estate. clients
1: too. We'll go see the clients too. So we'll try to do it like once, twice a year, twice a year, we'll go see them, right? So, mm-hmm. but I mean, we end up talking to our clients a lot as it is. We run about 47, even though we're mostly like high ratio business, we're, you know we are 47% of clients have repeated business with us since they've got a mortgage and you know the majority of my business has been in the last 4 years so um yeah so we we do we do a lot of that we we do a lot we have a lot of ways that we can kind of you know make a reason to call somebody right so mm-hmm.
0: um and uh yeah you know what I like is that I notice about talking to you is you know your numbers and there's so many mortgage brokers that do not know their numbers yeah. in terms of like where they're coming from, like where it's been, and it's like if you went on the Dragon's Den and you're like, hey, I got this great business, please invest in me, and they and you have no idea what your numbers are going to kick you to the curb. So my hats off to you for without even having to think about it, you know you know the numbers of your business, which is awesome. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, those are important. We track. And I, I, like, I like data. I like to track a lot of things because I think that I, I have a conviction that, that, you know, that things go a different direction in your business, you know, like three months before you, you think they are, right? So if I'm tracking everything, so we track every lead that comes in and lo- lots of things we track. We probably have 15 different numbers that we track. And then, you know, that way we can make corrections, you know, sooner rather than later, right? So
0: Right. It's sort of like, uh, yeah, I like it. It's kind of like a plane that's checking its course on instead of waiting till you're almost at the destination to go, wait a second, I'm off by like, you know, however much. And the end of the year is not a good time to do it. Okay. I'm going to ask you some questions about the, so you use four different follow-up platforms. Yeah. So what do you use? What do you use auto for? What does that do for you and your client client follow-up?
1: Uh, well, we use it for our compliance. We're just now, like we've only really had it, um, online for a little while. You know, we are just, uh, uh, now, kind of, you know, looking at the different, mostly most of that stuff is, is going to be our our mortgage renewals, and when mortgages come up for an annual review, so that's the most of the stuff we're going to use that for. I'm reminding you about specific parts of the transaction. Um, we use autopilot. We have autopilot and client manager with DLC. We use autopilot to send out anything, you know, our chief economist Sherry Cooper does, or anything of. of Relevant from that perspective, and then by referral only, we use that. Out. It's we have some quizzes and some contests and different things like that. Birthday messages. Uh, I mean, ultimately, it, it sounds really cheesy, but the biggest thing we want is that we want when somebody's talking to somebody about a mortgage, we want to, want them to have our contact information handy. And you know, I can't think of how many times we have somebody's been forwarded to us because they got our birthday message and they said, "Well, you know, oh yeah, my friend was talking about a mortgage last night, right?" So.
0: Mm-hmm. So you just never want to let never let them forget about you. Yeah, I, I see a lot of brokers seem to have, you know, that's a not a strong area for a lot of uh, people. I think the problem is, is that uh,
1: a lot of times, you know, brokers just kind of assume, well, you have they have my contact information, they'll call me, but they they don't think about it. People change phones and addresses and that kind of stuff. Right. I mean, a lot of business gets lost. I mean, I think about, I can, I can think of barely any situations where we've done a deal or a transfer for, and they were with a broker before where they had anything bad to say about their other, um, other broker. Right. So.
0: Right. So either it's a client who used a broker and now is using you and they're not, they didn't dislike the other broker. It's just the other broker didn't stay in touch. They don't even know where they are. Yeah. Huge missed opportunity. And then, okay. On the semi, semi-annual calls or six month calls. So who's doing those? You or somebody on your team?
1: Yeah. So I do all, most of the client interaction. I'm just cheap. Tweaking that now too. Like, I've my kind of my strong point is, is dealing with clients. So, yeah, I'll give them a call. That's when we go through lots of other products. Um, and we want to pick up on any kind of life changes, you know, any kind of life changes sooner than later. I mean, we're really for any reviews, in my perspective, everyone does it differently. We're trying to see kind of future business we can get from them and what kind of, and we're trying to get a referral, but we're also trying to see if there's any problems. Mm hmm. You know, we picked up a lot of clients where you know all of a sudden their their demeanor and how they're talking, you know, means that they're struggling with their mortgage, and we want to get that fixed sooner than later too, right? So,
0: right, right. So it's it's more just a check in and and see if there's any way that you can serve them. You're not trying to necessarily like just call with a a pa- a packaged plan.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Okay, and then you mentioned tracking. So, what you you track about fifteen different? What do you use to track it? Is it what software do you use? Like you know,
1: we use Google for everything: Google Docs, Google Sheets, all that kind of stuff. Just because it's uh, it's easy for us to open up, and everybody can use it on the team. Um, So, we generally track leads. We track leads per who we track leads on which referral source. Um, So, like we'd have we track how many leads that that realtor gives us, but leads and also how many close. So, we're trying to track. You know, is that realtor giving us bomb the barrel stuff? So, are they closing 50 deals and giving us five deals they can't get done? So, those become lower priority realtors. And we always want to shoot with a realtor relationship. We want to shoot for 40% of their business because if you take out cash offers, that's sufficient. And, you know, they're not really true partners unless we can get that from them. And so we'll track that.
0: So, you do want 40% of their buy, like not their purchases, not their uh, sales, right? Like if they did yeah uh, whatever ends the buy ends
1: correct, yeah, so we want forty percent of that, so that means more to me than if somebody's a big producer and they're giving us twenty percent like if somebody is even a medium producer, but we're getting eighty percent of their business, that's you know more valuable to me, right, because I know that's um you know i know I know it's a more valuable referral source, right so
0: And how do you, uh, so obviously you can get those data from like the MLS system and stuff, but so what kind of conversation do you have? Do you talk to them about this, your realtors? Do you say, hey, look, you know, like, or is it just something you're doing behind the scenes? Yeah.
1: So fortunately for us, we do a lot of mortgages for the realtors we work with. So, you know, I can usually, usually see, you know, we're getting their business when we because we we usually end up seeing lots of those documents anyway but you know we do track it in roundabout ways and you know we get information from yeah we'll track the mls listings and all that kind of stuff right so but we we track other things too like if we're getting if we're getting a realtor's family and themselves that usually is a good sign that we're getting lots of the stuff and it usually means that we got to help them with like marketing and getting more deals if they're still slow if we're not getting their personal stuff that's where you know, that's where we know that we're not a true referral source, right? So we track, we think about that too. So quality of the people they send us to, are we getting their, you know, their kids and that kind of stuff as well, right? So.
0: Right. Okay. So I'm going to move to rapid fire questions. So sure. These you can answer with a little shorter answers if you like. What's the one habit that you think has made you successful? I think tenacity.
1: You know, I don't think we have the strongest, ad- I don't even think we're the strongest admin or smoothest. You know, deal, but I think that people generally, when they come to us, they believe if there's a way for my deal to happen, it's going to happen and you're going to find it.
0: Mm-hmm. What is the number one thing holding back most mortgage brokers from being successful? I think fear. Fear of what? Fear of, you know,
1: we're afraid of asking clients for referrals, we're afraid of, you know, asking, trying stuff with lenders, all that kind of stuff, or, you know, you give up too easy, right? So.
0: Mm-hmm. Just not quitting. So do you have an internet so- resource or software program you use? You mentioned Google Docs. Is there anything else?
1: Yeah, you know, like I've experimented with a lot of stuff. But, you know, Google Docs has kind of been our go-to. It's just, and, and the biggest thing is not that I don't think there's better stuff out there. I just think that, you know, you have to think about, you know, moving parts on your team, right? So if you have moving parts on your team, like how are they going to – how quickly can they catch out on new programs and softwares and CRMs? So I keep coming back. I mean, to be honest, I just make a, I just make a ton of lists. <laughs> That's like our first thing we do. We have a ton of lists. We have a list of live purchases, live refines, live pre-approvals, live transfers. And, you know, I can pull those up anywhere at any time, right? So, and I make my to-do list right off those, you know, five lists that I have every day, right? So, and, Mm -hmm. you know, we found that at the end of the day, that's, even though it's simple, that's our our best resource for sure, right? So,
0: Right. If you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? Well, best books I think,
1: and everyone says on the show all the time, is that um, the is the compound effect by
0: Darren Hardy and the one thing by like Gary Keller? Yeah, they're both good. And oh, you know what? I, I know my question was going to be. It came to me. I knew it was. I was hoping it was going to come back. Okay. So you said if a realtor is struggling, you're going to coach them or help them with their marketing. So how specifically are you? So you got this real estate agent who's not like. What kind of things are you doing to help them out?
1: Well, usually sit down and say like, wait, if, it, if it's a, if it's a deal where they're missing. Like if if they're getting deals, if they're not able to put clients together we'll we'll do a lot of modified strategies. I mean, and, and most of our referral partners are pretty open to to letting us know that kind of stuff, right? So um, you know, for instance, if we have a we one time had a realtor that had a lot of foreclosures, and um, their problem was that they weren't selling the foreclosures because the people in the house where that were getting foreclosed on were still in there, right? so um, so what we did was we said, well, we'll sit down with your, um, we'll sit down with, with the people getting foreclosed on, we'll, we'll tell them how to reestablish their credit. They're not gonna be buying a house tomorrow, but down the road. And we found, and that made a pretty significant difference in them selling their foreclosure. And as a result, they got, they got a lot more foreclosures from the, that particular realtor is getting them from Genworth. And so it made them move his foreclosures a little faster.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow, that's really good. So, but it's never, you know, what I find that is not. If you go with a package plan of what you want to talk, how to sell, help them out, it, you got to ask them what they need, right?
1: Yeah, that's that's exactly it. And you know, like, and not everybody's receptive to it. To be honest, like for them, I mean, the biggest reason is that you're kind of you care about that kind of stuff, right? So, but I think mm-hmm. your success is my success. So
0: that's good. Well, and your quote, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, last question: The Delorean. Remember the movie Back to the Future? I do. Yeah. Yep. I love that movie, that car. So actually, they're, apparently they're making it again. So if you could jump in the DeLorean and go back six years, day one, and you could sit down with yourself and say, Joel, do these three things to save yourself some pain and frustration. What three things would you tell yourself?
1: I think I would worry less about what people think. Uh, I spend a lot of time, you know, you, you pull your hair out people that you can't help that it's not their your fault that they went bankrupt three times. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would systemize things a lot earlier than I did. And um, which, you know, includes like, you know, taking more control of the client. Like I, you know, when I first started, I struggle with it now. Like I just, if a client said so they could get a document, I'd be like, oh, no problem. We'll out a way to find it without that. And, you know, stressing out right to the end. So all that kind of stuff, you know, and, and, and that just comes back to the first thing really is that I was, is I still struggle, with I'm always worried about, Uh, is that person gonna refer me now or is that too tough and now i'm not gonna see that client again and now we're gonna live off a craft dinner and that's it like it's it's done now i gotta go back to like terrible job and i'm done as a mortgage broker and so you know all those things never materialize right so
0: back to the sawmill (laughs) oh yeah my nightmare okay that was two so what's the third one
1: yeah the the third one is i think that the one thing i've learned is that there's there's always business to be had there's always there's there's always more business than, than I think there is, and, it's, and you can always lose business. I think I'd be more comfortable with losing business than I am. I'd be more comfortable with losing the realtor that calls me 40 times in a day and all that kind of stuff. I'd be more comfortable losing even clients. I'd be more comfortable losing clients because there really is so, many, so, many, so much opportunity out there. Right. So,
0: right. That's really awesome. You can check out the show notes at And Joel, I really appreciate your time today, man, and I hope you continue to crush it. Yeah,
1: thank you. Thanks for having me.